Hi everyone, you're listening to the Information Systems Wonderland podcast, a podcast about the fascinating tales and stories from the jungle and the gardens of information technology. My name is Michael Sherman and I'm your trusted travel guide down the rabbit hole and back. Welcome back. This is the second episode where we again ask the question, what do you need to bring to the table to be a great candidate for a Silicon Valley company? This time we look at this question from a business development perspective. My guest for this episode is Jens. Jens is an extremely experienced executive in the Silicon Valley. I'll let him introduce himself. So let's jump right into the interview. Jens, can you just give a little bit of background about yourself? Yes, so um, I've, uh, I've lived here in Silicon Valley for about 15 years um, and have been um, in mostly in uh, business development roles uh, with large companies uh, in the enterprise software space, but also with startups, uh, very small companies, you know, uh, Series A, uh, Series B companies. Um, so I've, I've really seen it all. I've seen all the, the, the needs of, of what, uh, you know, roles you would like to hire and what the requirements are different, you know, in large companies versus uh, small companies. So, um, you know, I've, I, I've certainly uh, seen, uh, have, have a lot of background on, on the hiring side. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's why we have this interview. <laughs> so um, to start right off the bat, um, what do you look for when you see a CV or when you see a candidate? Well, so, you know, obviously everybody gets a lot of paper applications. And so you really have to sift through and filter through what's, what's there. And, uh, you know, obviously you're looking you're looking for differentiation. I mean, everybody, you know, comes across with certain skills and certain expertise, but what you want to see is somebody who has, uh, you know, in my case, and when we talk about business development, this can have very many different uh, facets. Um, you want to have a bit of a diversity of a background. You want to see that people have had to deal with different situations, um, whether you know it's a small, it's a large company, it's a small company. So, so really, the the ability to adapt to different situations is important. Mm-hmm. So that that's something I look for. Obviously, you know this, the the standard things like you know good school, but good background. But uh, you know for the for the filtering you know, on the paper side, it's really about diversity and and uh, and a range of different things that could all play into the role that I'm looking to fill. Mm-hmm. So, um, can you give a, a bit more example about this um, diversity? Does that mean um, international engagements, multiple languages? So, what is I mean, what's the mix that is appealing yeah. to you? That's that's right. I mean, um, uh, international, I think, is really important, uh, and that's something I would look for as well. Somebody who's who's spent uh, you know some time abroad, who's uh, worked for different companies who actually speaks uh, several languages for me with my international background. That's really important. Um, you don't get that so often, but you get it more and more, which is, which is really good. Um, but it's also the different types of companies, right? I mean, you can, you can now, nowadays you look at resumes and 
people have been, you know, for you know, a number at a number of startups, and they may may have all been in the B two C space. Well, you know, I also like it if somebody actually basically has, has done something on the B two B side. Mm-hmm. If somebody has been uh, has been with a large company where it's much more of a corporate environment, and then has uh, has easily switched over to a startup environment. That's the type of adaptability that you want to have because no role is consistently the same anymore. Things change all the time and you want people to be able to, uh, to deal with that change. Mm-hmm. So why is that important? I mean, what's the special Silicon Valley f- thing in that? Is that? Isn't that in general for everyone or? Well, you know, I think... I think Silicon Valley is special, you know, depending on, on where you are. But, but uh, you know, if you're a startup company um, and you're looking to establish yourself in the market, you need to be very careful about selecting your target markets and you need to cater to those markets. So you need to be able to sell you know, to a large company, let's say in the software space, um, in a sales cycle that addresses their needs uh, and their concerns. Also, if you're a small company, They, they will have concerns that you're not going to be around, uh, you know, six months from now, 12 months from now, two years from now. And therefore, why would they make a major investment in you? So you need to instill that, that credibility, uh, the fact that, you know, you, you, you have a professional product, all those things. At the same time, when you're selling to, you know, the, the end consumer, uh, you know, it's, it's much more on the, on the marketing, on the messaging, on the social media side where you really have to get some traction. So these things can, can completely change a role from you know, one, one day to the next because, as we all know, you know startups pivot, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, the discovery may be that uh, uh, because a company you know, isn't growing so quickly or as quickly as expected on the B2C side, well, then they'll come out with a, with a uh, you know, product on the business side, and all of a sudden, you, you, you're selling to an entirely different uh, buyer. Mm-hmm. And it's also, um, in a, I mean, in the corporate world, you have those departmental silos. It's a marketing person. It's a finance person. Those silos do not exist. In well, this, this, I mean, they're obviously, they're not silos by, just by default because we're not talking about large numbers of people. But, you know, I mean, you do get separation. But at the same time, you also get people, uh, you know, these lines are often blurred, too. I mean, you may have somebody who's in charge of, of marketing and social media, Uh, marketing, but and then you have somebody who's on the business development side. But these people work together very, very closely. They don't have their own, you know, territories that they separate and delineate. They work together very closely, and therefore you also need to be able to think about, uh, you know, think the way a marketer thinks, and the marketing person needs to think about, you know, what are we trying to do over here? You know, when we when we do business development and, and try to go after partnerships on the on the business development side. Uh, because otherwise they can't they can't really meet those uh, expectations. And it's interesting. Um, so, so what you're essentially what you're saying is they they do not only have to sort of an international background speaking multiple languages, but it's also the languages of the different business disciplines that you need to. Speak. Absolutely, a, a sales cycle, a business development cycle is very different depending on who your customer is. And I mean, even if you're If you're consistently selling to different, uh, you know, to corporates, you know, whether you're talking to somebody who's on the financial services side, let's say a large bank, you know, could be very different from saying you're selling into a, a large technology company, right? And very different cultures. So, I mean, there, again, you need to be uh, adaptable. 
Mm-hmm. So in this in this business development field, what's the role of let's say the typical poster child um, skills in the Silicon Valley, like programming, um, being able to develop software? Is that something that is helpful? Is that something that's um, I don't. I wouldn't so much say you need to be able to code, but um, what I do like, and you don't always get it, and it's it's not critical, but of course it's it's a nice to have if somebody has has um, a product management background mm-hmm. because you know if if I've been you know a, a business development uh, lead in the past in startups, my 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 two most important counterparts in the company. Are number one the the lead product mark uh, product uh, management person, because that's the person that thinks about you know what's what's what what does the product roadmap look like? What are the next features? What's the functionality we're building? What are the the, the next versions coming out with? And you know as I'm selling also the future you know to a you know, potential strategic partner, I need to be in sync with that person because I cannot promise something that they cannot deliver. Okay. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't work for a startup and the other person that's really important to me is is the marketing person because that's the other side of the messaging right so it's the it's the the substance of the product or the service and it's the messaging um that that i need to you know be be synced up with okay so i mean this messaging part is interesting because that essentially um, suggests that this business development your background is is essentially in the middle and then you have all the different um, let's say jobs or roles around you and you're sort of the person who's trying to streamline enable everything right so you need to be able to get different messages from the different people in sync and then across that's that's exactly right that's exactly right i mean the the, the marketing folks are important for, for many reasons and, and of course they also do other things like you know they, they think about branding they think about events they think about anything else that sort of goes goes into the outside world uh, and, and for the most part in a non-specific case. But I need to take that message and I need to basically uh, customize it, you know, for my conversation with, you know, a large strategic partner, you know, prospect. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, this is, that sounds a lot like very implicit, very tacit knowledge, very tacit experience. How do you, how do you see that in a CV or how do you um, judge potential candidates? Well, I mean, you you obviously you look at you look at roles. Um, you look at roles that people have played. You look at the type of company. You look at the location. Um, you look at potentially their career path if they've gone through several roles within one organization. I also want to see that people have not. I mean, diversity is one thing, and 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 having a different range of experiences is one thing. But you also want to have people that have you know reasonable length stints you know in different companies right if somebody changes every six months that's not a good sign but you know those are all the i mean those are all sort of the the, the traditional things that that you, that you just know, mm-hmm. uh, you know to be to be true and to be you know careful about but but um uh, obviously it's it's difficult in just to judge off of the paper right so you have to you just apply certain things and then um and then you take a uh, you know, uh, you just take a selection, right? mm-hmm. and um, and then ultimately, I mean, what's really more important is is the encounter, is is the interview with the person. Okay, so let's jump into that. I mean, how do you evaluate? So, how do you judge? Right. I mean, so for me, 
it, um, you know, there's, there's knowledge and there's experience and then there's personality. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, uh, you want a person to be able to, you know, have the right chemistry, you know, have the fit with the team, be, have a fit with the organization. I think it's, it's especially important if you're a small uh, company because, you know, these hires are important. You don't have so many headcounts you can onboard. So you need to be really, really careful about the, the, the company fit. And, and we've in my you know, past startups always, you know, spent much time on this, making sure that, you know, a lot of people look at a person before we finally, you know, give the go ahead. So that's, that's really important. But then, you know, personality also has, you know, a number of different you know, sub components. So if you, if you think about personal traits, um, what I, I like to see in people is, is, you know, people who can think on their own two feet, who are analytical, who understand sort of a bigger picture, you know, that I can, I can discuss with. And I often start very informally. I can talk about, you know, the industry and the trends, what's happening and what's affecting the industry, what's affecting my business. Can they, are they well prepared for this? Can they have, you know, a, a conversation about this? Uh, you know, without, you know, being limited to, to yes and no answers, right? Mm-hmm. You, you want people to, to really grasp your business. And um, if, you know, if, if they can do it in the, in the conversation that I have ahead of time, then, and then this gets replicated with other uh, new people in the interview cycle, then, you know, I can be reasonably confident that, that they will display that same behavior, you know, on, on, uh, in their daily work. Right. I mean, this is, um, if we, what we've done right now is we essentially talked about the the first part in a CV, which is essentially the, the experience, your work experience, right? Let's, let's move on to the next part in a CV, which is essentially your education. And obviously the universities go to the prestige of the universities plays a large role in that. Um, however, that's very difficult to change. That's very difficult to judge. Um, so what are, what are the things that you look for uh, on that part of the CV, on the educational part of the CV? Well, I mean, obviously you want people to come from a good school. You want uh, them to have gone to the, uh, you know, a good program. Um, and you want to see how long it's, it's taken them to go to school. But frankly, I, I don't, you know, I, I'm not all that interested in grade point average. I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, if, if, if somebody comes across as competent and as confident and somebody who has the social skills and the social competency and somebody who can, who can express an opinion and also doesn't shy away from, you know, even, even in an interview situation to, uh, to uh, present a, a different view from, from the way I'm, I'm presenting. Right. I mean, that, that's that's the type of you know maturity that that you want to have because you know somebody who just basically you know paraphrases what you just said to them and and doesn't doesn't seem to have that that uh, uh, you know ability to to really discuss something and, and and apply critical thinking and that's that is so important you know in 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 our job because it's not we're not hiring warm bodies to basically, you know, be receiving instructions and going out there. I mean, I want people to, to analyze the situation and then based on their level of experience and background, uh, you know, with maybe some coaching, develop their own approaches to, to finding solutions. So it's, that's, that's absolutely important. And so in that case, that's more important to me than a grade point average. 
but clearly, good school, good background is is important, and uh, you know, I think we all know yeah. what what schools to look at. So, uh, but what can you, what can a university or a school actually do to help students to get to that level that you're describing? Well, um, you know, I mean, obviously, universities. Um, you know, they, they convey knowledge, they can convey concepts, but, but what I'm really looking for is somebody who learns how to, you know, critical thinking, right? I mean, who can actually take these concepts and then turn them into something that's applicable to a business situation. And that's where often people fall short. Um, and it may be that in some schools they haven't really received or haven't had the opportunity to, 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 uh, you know, be taught along those lines. Um, because, uh, you know, that's always the, the, the challenge. Some schools may, may teach too much content and it's, it's, it's just more replication than anything else and, or, and not so much application to, you know, to, to uh, real life envi environments. Um, and so that's where, um, I need to find out in an interview situ situation if somebody can actually, you know, if exposed to this can, can, can learn this or if it's something that they'll never learn. Mm -hmm. and that's a difficult part because, uh, you know, if somebody has it, I'll recognize it right away. If somebody doesn't have it, the question is, you know, have they been just not been in situations where they, they practice this much? Okay. Um, But that's interesting because, I mean, you, you started, at the beginning of this conversation, you essentially started with the experience section. And um, now what you're, essentially what you're telling me is that, Okay, knowledge is obviously important. I mean, you, you got to have solid foundations. Um, mm -hmm. But then this application, what you call critical thinking, is I have some knowledge, now I can actually apply it to some problem solving. Um, that's very difficult to see whether that was part of the education or not, because that's, that's, what, that's why you need the work experience um, To actually show, okay, he's not only a bookworm, but he actually has the experience, he acquired the experience after the education that is that shows. Well, to I, mean, I think. I mean, I think we also need to differentiate between two situations. One is you know, somebody's coming straight from school, and then you you, you cannot expect it uh, just because you know, they haven't really worked in a, in the, in the business environment for, for any time at all, mm -hmm. or for very little time. And then there's somebody who's, you know, who's got a few years under their belt and, you know, maybe coming to a different company with a little bit of a different, you know, market positioning and, and they again need to adjust and need to adapt this. Uh, but, uh, you know, apply their knowledge and their experience to different situations. And as we all know, I mean, it's never a one-to-one -one you know, conversion. It's always, you know, I, I've learned something and then how does it fit into my situation here? And maybe it's only an 80% fit, but if I find the right, you know, the, the, the right activities around this, then that's, that's very important. So to me, um, experience is important. Uh, you know, the, the knowledge you, you gather, essentially what experience is, 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 is basically your repository Of, of business situations that you've ha had to work through, that you have resolved, you've brought to a, you know, a successful conclusion or not, and which is also an experience. Um, and then how you basically take that repository and apply it in my new you know, company and in my situation. And if, if you have the mind to do that, um, then that's great. And then some people are having more difficulty doing that.
Okay, that's a very interesting phrasing. The the business problem repository. That's I like I mean, that. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, when 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 Harvard Business School started, you know, doing case studies, you know, way back, you know, um, they must have they must have gone through the same thought process to say, well, if we present people with enough cases that, you know, at some point there's a pattern to solving those and, and to recognizing some of these challenges, then, you know, that repository, you know, will help them once they graduate, right? So it's, it's, a, similar, it's a similar approach. So what, do we, what would you say? What are the, 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 I don't know, the top five cases you should have under your belt? Well, I mean, it really depends on what, uh, I mean, I don't think there are five cases uh, that, that you can easily identify, but it depends on the role. I mean, it's, if, if you're in a sales situation, right, I mean, uh, you know, you can, you can think of a number of different uh, situations where, you know, you have to deal with, you know, different people on the, on the buyer side and, and they all have, you know, there's a politics and they all have different roles, and, but somebody controls the, the purse strings, right, and you have to work towards, you know, convincing those people, but But I mean, there are, there, there are more cases than just five, but business development could be very different, right? Because then you're selling a strategic partnership rather than a, you know, a sale, a sale, which is much more short term. Um, but, you know, you want to have people uh, that have gone through, you know, successful, you know, maybe long shot deals where, you know, the odds were not very high and they, they were persistent and they, they drove these deals And they never gave up, and they ultimately, you know, formed those relationships, and they they got the deal. Um, and then, in some cases, where maybe something was looked looked easy from from the get go, and all of a sudden, you know, all these all these challenges and obstacles popped up, and eventually, they lost the deal. Maybe they lost in a competitive bid. There, I mean, and you can you can probably spin up, you know, a couple of dozen of, of these situations that that you know are are recurring you know over and over again i mean you'll you won't find them in, with every new deal but you know you'll find these things all the time uh with some variation and if you know how to deal with this if you know what to do if you know how to respond i mean it's also all about communications communication is a, is a real critical uh, you know personal trait the ability to to you know In that, you know, engage people so that you you create trust, you create you know personal relationship goes a, far, a long long way of actually getting to where you want to be in your in your in your business objective. So um, it, it's all of those things. Um, the knowledge the knowledge you bring to the to the deal, the the experience is that's just basically your payload. But the vehicle and 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 all you know everything else is is what you bring to the table. So that's good. Um, so you, you you made a differentiation between someone right out of school and someone with with a little more experience. Um, I mean, someone who right who's right out of school probably doesn't have the experience. Most logically, he doesn't have the experience. So um, it, to have that in a very um, concise manner. So again, is that would that be that you reduce that now completely to The prestige of the school where it comes from or what are your criteria in that settings well i mean obviously if, if there's only if there's only a, a a degree and maybe a you know a few internships or whatever the previous experience may have been um i mean i, I would trust that let's say you know if, if somebody comes across with an mba that they've certainly learned the basics of of what's needed for the for the job 
and I would I would probably test in an interview you know this person by giving them a few situations and how they would deal with it, um, and and also sort of the typically I, I also like to do a general uh, discussion with them about the industry and where they see opportunities so that they really that I get a sense of whether they understand uh, you know the environment of this for this job. Um, and and I think I can I can uh, I can fairly easily de- you know detect whether somebody has what it takes to, uh, to to learn right I mean if if somebody has sort of a general understanding has the big bigger picture there's a lot of things people can learn and and those are the the, the skills that you you know you build over time and it doesn't happen right away but but it's it's really if somebody is able to to uh, you know develop into somebody really valuable and you'll find out after you know a short time i mean i i typically i would say if uh, you know i hire somebody you know after six eight weeks i i probably get a good sense of you know you know in 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 the best case after six six or eight weeks you have somebody fully onboarded uh who's, who's a real star player and they they can be a very valuable you know part of the team uh, in some cases, it takes you know three to four months, uh, but at the latest, by the fourth month, I will know whether that person is going to be you know long term you know valuable player on the team. Um, so, you know, there's there there are certain things that that uh, you know are red flags to you, but other than that, after you know a few longer conversations, and then you you share the the experience with uh, some of your colleagues and and have a conversation. I think. You you can you can pick somebody who's able to learn and 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 really be an integral part of the team. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you you already addressed communication skills as something that's that's really important. Um, the other thing that you, you you mentioned was analytical skills, being able to compile and compelling argument based on data, based on um, quantitative information. Um, it, the other thing that that that's struck me was very interesting that you discussed this um, onboarding process right so that is essentially means that there are some skills some stuff that the candidate does not possess yet because that's what this onboarding means and but are there things that you uh, during this onboarding during this first year let's let's put it that way at, at the company that what are the things that you cannot provide in, in that sense Well, I mean, um, I mean, what what people typically don't have, I mean, and they cannot have it because they, you know, it's it's a new role. What they don't fully understand is your product, your service, you know, your business, right? I mean, if you know, I can read you know a web page you know all day long, but there's only so much that that conveys to me, right? Because you know the 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 detail behind it is often much more complicated, right? And you you get sort of the marketing spiel on the website. You, you you dive into a company and you understand all of a sudden, you know, these are all these roadmap problems we're having and, you know, this product isn't working so well. And and it, and also, how do I actually sell this? And how, how do I take this to my customers? And, you know, do I focus on new customers? So very, very different approach than to basically selling, upselling and, and to uh, existing customers. So there's a whole lot of things about your own environment that that they cannot know and they will they will learn you know with the help of the team with my help with you know the organization around that person so that will that will essentially happen so then they bring they bring with themselves 
their personal traits of uh, you know communication skills, presentation skills, uh, analytical skills, the ability to take what they've learned elsewhere to apply this to my situation, the ability to you know social competency. You know they can communicate you know, in writing and verbally with customers, with partners, with colleagues. Right? I mean, those are the things that are really, really critical. So you take that, you add the company-specific environment, um, and you know, with that mix, and and if if it really starts clicking after a few months, you have a person that has the ability to you know go you know go and and move forward and move upward uh, eventually. Um, so you know that's the, I don't think there's there's much that I cannot teach them in that mm-hmm. in that time frame. Okay, so but um, the, the, what can I mean? To, to that extent, what can schools do better to prepare students better for the job that you were offering? Well, I mean, as I, as I mentioned before, there's, there are certain situations where you, you wish that they may have had a bit more exposure to taking you know, theoretical knowledge and applying it to real-life situations. I mean, we talked about this MBA, you know, MBAs typically have some of that, um, but I'm, I wonder if it's actually if it's actually very customary in, in some of the the other uh, you know, degrees that people people have, whether they actually practice that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, maybe there could be there could be a renewed focus on on really um, helping people to to say, here's what I what I learned, and this is how it may I may encounter this. In a, in a business situation and, and, and how do I deal with this? How, what do I do with it? Um, so I think that that could definitely be, be uh, more, uh, at least for some people, and maybe some people don't need as much of that. Some other people, you know, from are personally just not geared to, to do this intuitively. I mean, there's a lot of it. I mean, and that's, that's almost the best trait that you can find in somebody who has sort of an, an intuitive, you know, natural, you know, ability to to recognize situation to recognize patterns and then basically to link them so that you know a solution comes to them without much effort mm-hmm. um and that's i've seen this a number of times in, uh, in in my career and um it's hard to detect in the first interview <laughs> but when you find it when you find it then it's 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 really fantastic i mean because those people have have answers ready by listening to a few conversations and you know, reading a few articles and articles and all of a sudden and all of a sudden, all of a sudden it just work out mm-hmm. where you know other people you you couldn't lead to that you know recognition and result because they just are just not connected in that way but this, but this um, um connection element we, we have some we kind have of feedback. Feedback. I hear myself. I hear myself. Okay. Uh, it's good on my side. Okay. Okay. Um, um, just, just. I'll reduce. I'll reduce. So the question so is. The question is. This is interconnection between different things. Everything. So, like, that, so that, would that mean that you apply knowledge that you have in the finance class, in technology class, bring that together with? A real world example, right? That that's sort of the most 
most basic thing that you could do, right? Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, very interesting. I, I really like the idea of um, this uh, vessel and the payload in it. And it, the, the interesting thing is that we, as, as a school, we rarely can change the vessel, but we can essentially change the payload, right? That's right. And we could sort of, in a sense, bump left and right in the vessel to hope to make more space for more payload. Um, the, wait, I mean, but if you could, if you could basically somehow work on the, the interface between the payload and the vessel, right? I mean, it's, you know, or, or make the, make the vessel more uh, agile or, you know, something. I, I am, um, I, I was recently talking to a startup here that's, um, they're, they're, they're creating a drone, uh, a drone that has a flexible, you know, ability to take different payloads, right? So essentially it's, it's, it's just that frame. It's just that, that, that um, cargo hold, if you will, um, but you know, if, if the cargo, if the cargo is the same, the payload is the same, all of a sudden the drone can be, you know, very flexibly delivering things in, in all kinds of business cases. Right. Um, so, you know, that, but, I mean, in that sense, in, if we, if we talk about a flexible design of the vessel, um, um, in a sense, what that means is we have to replicate somehow the experience that you were talking initially, initially, right. Um, because, if you don't know the case, uh, how can you adjust the vessel to it, right? I mean... Well, I mean, I think if, if, the, if the vessel is the person, right, and it's essentially with all the, the, the personal traits and skills and, and habits uh, it, it, it brings with him or with her, um, changing the vessel would also mean that you, you affect some of these, these, these personality you know, traits and not just the, 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 the pure information you're conveying, right. right. And, cool. um, and uh, you know, I mean, in the business environment, we've, we've seen some of these, you know, soft skill, you know, classes where, you know, everybody who, who um, starts as a management consultant, I mean, they'll go through presentation skills. I mean, all those, you know, things that ultimately really build, build your ability to, to engage um, but you know, maybe maybe colleges and universities could could take on some of those things and and and, uh, and really provide also the tools that ultimately shape the personality uh, to uh, to maybe take some of the knowledge that they gain and and better you know take it to you know wherever it needs to go. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it would also help to give them. Um, I mean, it, I usually see the university as. as as a safe experimental lab, you can try out different things. You can experiment. You can give a pitch presentation without actually um, pitching for a million dollar or two million or three million or whatever. You can just give it a try. Um, so, but so when I understand you correctly, the thing is actually do this over and over again. Um, adding more payload, but also making it more flexible um, and more problem-oriented, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what is the, I mean, one question that I, um, what's, what are the universities or the schools are doing really, really bad? Well, I mean, I, I mean, it's really hard to, and I don't, you can't be this general, but, but I think it's, it's essentially the, the, uh, the reverse of what I mentioned earlier, um, 
they could be they could be more uh, in a facilitation role of of teaching critical thinking, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you know, it's it's one thing to you know absorb information to to test it, and therefore you know, you need to measure it in your testing, and so replication becomes just a natural thing. But you know, if uh, if you teach, and you know, some schools actually do this in, in some of the general education courses. Um, if you have uh, you know, schools that that pay a lot of attention to to writing, to creative writing, right? Then obviously that's a skill you can develop, uh, which ultimately you know will you know it's not so much about the result of what you write about, but it's more about the process, right? And it's more about you know how you get there. So, uh, and in fact, if you think about it, uh, you know. Conveying information is one thing, but then conveying the ability to to analyze this and and uh, you know come to certain conclusions on your own based on your knowledge, your your preferences, uh, you know, which which you know, I would call critical thinking is is ultimately the the right way of coming to a result, you know, in the process, right? Because it's the it's your ability to to process this inf- this information. And you know, while a lot a lot of information now is, is being you know, processed by machines, and we have you know AI, we have you know HM, you know uh, HMI. The, I mean, there's still there's still a role for you know for you know human thinking in this. But would that also mean that you're not accepting conventional wisdom, or that you're sort of? I mean, you always try to look around the corner and see what's behind. Is that? I'm not sure I understand what you're... Okay, so the, the, the interesting thing is, I mean, if you... Um, I'm, th- I'm already thinking from a class, from a course perspective, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that you could do is, as you mentioned, is the case method, right? Mm-hmm. So you start discussing a case. Um, it doesn't really matter what kind of case. But um, obviously, there is like a beaten path, right? You can essentially see... I mean, the internet is full of case analysis, and you can sort mm-hmm. of see what the different professors in different schools are heading for and so on and so forth. So this, the way I understand your critical thinking is to actually think off the beaten track, if, if you so will. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, right. I mean, it, it, I, I don't want to get a, to a situation where somebody then basically as a preparation just, you know, does, you know, go through, you know, a, a large number of case analyses and, and, and therefore, you know, just replicates that, those out right. I mean, somebody you know and and you know it, it should be it should be cases where there's no no real clear answer right i mean it shouldn't be so much of uh you know how i how i get to a sale that's just too one directional right mm-hmm. there's, there needs to be complexity involved and you know maybe the result of a case is not is not like a you know a binary decision but it's 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 a positioning it's you know what do i do you know what are the things that i go after who do i bring on to my team right i mean how do i how, how do i argue this what's more important right i mean to have certain choices right so it's it, it's really it's really that type of thing and and i want people to be able to argue why they made certain choices but and and not just randomly say you know what it sounds like a good mix but explain to me why that is right yeah Or someone, I mean, in the case of a university, someone told me that this is the good way to go, and that's why I did it. And, that, that's exactly that's and, exactly right. So and, you know, uh, t- today there's so many things are connected that 
there is there there are so many there's so much complexity right but but if you can argue some of the complexity if you can actually make the case to saying okay i know this market is going in this direction and by the way you know we have an interest rate environment that's also going in that direction and therefore you know in combination and and you know considering all all those external factors and some internal factors this is my conclusion right i want i want somebody to be able to argue this on their own and not so much to say okay well you know this is sort of the standard the standard uh, approach I, i i would take in this case and everybody comes up with the same result yeah so that's also i mean it's not only critical thinking but also original thinking it's original thinking yes i mean it's it's essentially bringing in all your background your thoughts your experience the your knowledge of you know what's currently happening in the world uh and then and then bringing this through that big funnel into something that leads you to a certain conclusion that's very interesting because that's where we started right i mean you said the experience the international experience is is very important because that brings you to an original thing because you have seen things that are maybe completely off the mind of someone else that hasn't seen those kind right. of things. Right. Um, so, I mean, the very last question that I have is, and um, then I'll get, let you get back to your well-deserved um, time off, is, um, is there something that you have been thinking all along that I would ask you, but, I haven't asked the question or is there something that is in this whole area that is troubling you more than what we've discussed in this interview? No, I mean, I think we covered, we covered, you know, pretty much all the, the thoughts I, ha I have about this, uh, this topic. There's no, no one glaring missing fact. Um, you know, I would, I would say, I would say there are, There are a number of, of, of drivers to, to judging somebody's abilities, but I think we've covered them all. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, thank you very much. Thank you for your time. And um, Interesting conversation. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Cool. All right. Take care. This was our second episode where we further explored the question of what you gotta bring to the table to land a job in Silicon Valley. Do you want to know more? Stay tuned. We have great interview guests lined up in the next episodes. Signing off, Michael, your travel guide through the information systems for Underland. music in this episode is from Mind's Eye and the song is called Tides from the Free Music Archive.